This is Moneyline. This is Moneyline. This is Moneyline. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Yeah, we made it. You're just talking. If they hate it, you know they're watching. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Lights, camera, action. Hello, world. Welcome into Moneyline on a glorious big, big day in soccer. We are in the zone, in studio, with the statistician, my partner in grind, at Josh Jordan 97.5 is where you can find him on Twitter, Josh Jordan. What's going on, Jerry? You ready for some soccer today? we we got a big game going on. Big game. It just kicked off, so let's get into this first. Let's get to the man behind the glass, Andrew Carlson, rocking it every single Sunday from 10 to noon. I messed it up. I'm so hyped, but let's give him that. Andrew! Morning, guys. I'm not going to take any mic time because I know you got a bet to throw out there, Jerry. And the bet is this. Right now, USA, Netherlands, we're 53 seconds into the game. The over one and a half team total for US is the bet here and the over one for the first half. I was telling Josh right for this. I wish the game kicked off at 11.15, 11.30, something, anything past, the, anything past this. But at the end of the day, this is what we got. Punch it in right now live. I believe U.S. scores at three goals this game. One and a half is a little juice. Go ahead and get it at two if you want to be safe. But hit that. We're going to sweat that together. 713-780-3776. If you want to get in on the show at any time, we took fantasy football entry uh, to our leagues last year, yeah. last week. We got five entries right off the bat. If you want to join in, go ahead and give us a call today because we will be taking entries to that. We had three leagues last year. We're going to have a big, big fantasy football draft party. I can't wait. Man, I'm excited. We're, we're getting to that time of year. We can finally start talking fantasy football. Training camp's going to be opening up. It, it's getting close, my man. It's getting too close. That's why I kept saying, when are we going to start fantasy football? I don't want to be that guy that gets into it too early. But we're weeks away. We were talking, when are we going to start previewing divisions? If we start doing two a week, that's going to kick. That's going to take us up to basically when you're going to be starting drafting, depending, give or take, when you draft individually. But... It's time. It's go time. So let's do it. At Moneyline975 is where you can catch us on Twitter. If you got any kind of questions, any comments, anything you want to talk to about, hit us there. Or you can text us at that same number, 713-780-3776. No doubt. And you can also watch us on Twitch on ESPN975.com. So if you want to watch the show, pull it up. You can uh, you can grind out this soccer match with us. Watch the show. If you want to see a, a single producer, he's on the market. Pull it up. You want to give them a holler, ladies out there? 713-780-3776. Let's get this thing going because, you know, the word sources or the term has been thrown around a lot this week. No, no doubt. And uh, not the most accurate sources from what I've noticed. But uh, no, no. I got sources, Josh. <laughs> and my sources told me this. Barring a last second change of heart. Kawhi Leonard will be a late. I haven't heard a peep from the Clippers. Well, because they ain't got nothing to peep about. They already know he's not going uh, back. Well, but it, the he signs, he, he signs back with the Raptors. Really? Wow. Ooh, wow. Again, 
on a shorter-term deal. Mm-hmm. He runs it back. That was your original thought, mm-hmm. right? He, yep. takes, he takes another shot. What I'm 99% hearing is that Kawhi Leonard will be returning to Toronto and signing a two-year contract. Mm. Yeah. But for Kawhi, man, this is about championships and which organization are going to support me and my quest to be the best player in the, in the world and get as many championships as possible. To me, the only team that presents that are the Los Angeles Lakers. Skip, I, I think the thing, I, I still believe he's going to be a Laker. <laughs> yeah, I kind of missed on that one, huh? I was looking forward to this show because, I mean, this, this was pretty exciting, this NBA free agency. What do you think? It changed everything. Yeah. Now, me being a Laker fan, it hurt some. But me being a fan of basketball, it was what's best for it. Right, guys? Oh, yeah. I I didn't want to see him join the Lakers. I, I know you, you did, Jerry, but... I think it'll be more exciting to watch them play against each other instead of just, you know, wipe out the league. In terms of parity, this move probably makes this league more balanced than it's been at any point since LeBron left for Miami back in 2010 in terms of there not being an out-and-out clear favorite heading into the season. I mean, obviously you've got some tiers of contenders, but there are like eight teams that you can realistically say, hey, coming into the season – if things go right, we think we legitimately have a chance to win a championship. And I don't think we've seen that in the NBA for a very, very long time. Yeah, no, and I'm all for it. Like I said, if being a Laker fan, it would have been wonderful to have uh, the biggest three of all time, I would say. That would have been a lethal. But the NBA is wide open now. I'm here for it. I didn't expect to see Paul George be included in anything. Have you ever read anything, say a tweet or any kind of news, and it just shocked you where you just stayed quiet? Because that's what happened to me. I literally, it was about, you know, a good two minutes of, of quiet thinking, what happened? And me too. It, it, that's what shocked me because I hadn't heard really anything about Paul George. So that was, that was amazing. I mean, that changes everything. I respect how much Kawhi's team was able to keep this all under wraps because something like that, you figure they get out. With everything, not all these speculations, it was going to get out. And they tried as hard as they could. The Raptors fans, they did everything they could to make him uncomfortable because there was helicopters flying after him. You got (laughs) Drake showing up, offering pieces of the record label, OVO, and things like that. And at the end of the day, it all makes sense now. If you really think about it and you say, okay, let's do the timeline, how long it took him to make the decision – what kind of guy Kawhi is, his accolades career-wise, what else did he want? What else did he need? Does this make sense? And it makes perfect sense. Now, the way that I'm hearing it happen, how he put it on the table and he told the Clippers, hey, if you, this is how I want if, – if you can get Paul George, then I'm in. That's insane. And that they pulled it off. I mean, that that's incredible. That, that shocked me. And did you see that – the other trade that was involved that, that had more pieces involved in it that didn't happen, the one with Russell Westbrook, how that was being talked about. Wow. And that's what's scary to think that they were going to, that the Thunder were potentially willing to package up Westbrook and George at one point. And now you think, now Westbrook's left there. And now people are saying, let's go ahead and ship off Westbrook as well. Are y'all going full rebuild now? 
I don't know if that's the case. It's easy to fit them in. A lot of people say, man, fit them in Philly. That's cool. Fit them in Miami. That's cool. That'll fit. He's a big name. Yeah, you think. But does his playing style fit? To Is he going to benefit a team? Does Don't get me wrong. It's Russell Westbrook. Yes, he's going to improve you in a lot of spots. But does he ultimately put you in a spot that you can win a title? That's what you have to ask yourself. Man, he's it's looking bad, right? It's you know Durant wanted out of there, and quickly Paul George is gone. It doesn't look like a lot of people like playing with Russ. Do you think he? I want to ask both of y'all. You think he'll still be a Thunder when the season starts? I doubt it. Just because this time for the Thunder right now is just so perfect for a full rebuild that Westbrook's value could potentially go down once the season starts if he has an even worse start to the season than what he had last year. Because he was not a good shooter last year. He was an overall positive player. But for a guard, he was an awful shooter last year. And if you see those numbers continue at the start of the season, his value is going nowhere but down. So I think that you have to trade him for what you can right now and just come into the season, clean slate, as many young guys as possible, and just begin the rebuild process. It's just insane, though, because yeah. the Thunder, uh, and, and I feel you, it's, I, I agree, it's just the Thunder gave them so much money, you know, and it's <laughs> it's just crazy because now someone else has to swallow that bullet somewhere along the line. And you, or it just, like you said, though, his his worth is as big as it is right now, his value. Now, even before all this happened, with the shift of powers kind of in the West and people, you, the Utah Jazzes of the world getting, you yeah. know, stronger in certain places— you start asking yourself, maybe the Thunder are going to be that odd team out before all this go uh, in the playoff picture next year. There's a lot of little creeping teams. So now what happens to them? Because they're now they're really bad. I think they were ninth in point differential. Where do they go now? In the, it's I just don't understand. It's a full rebuild now. You have to go that, and you have to let Westbrook now. You go now. It, it, same thing with George. Like when someone comes to the table and they start offering you so much as the Clippers started doing, because from what I understand, they were scared of the of the shift of powers that the Lakers were going to have, and it was going to be just that. Yep. If let's say that Kawhi did go there, what would the NBA look like? What would just the just LA be like? They'd go back to being the ugly little brother, the you yep. know what I mean that they've always been. But now it's it was. You you got what a top twentieth rich man in the world and bomber. He's forty plus billion dollars of worth. Money ain't a thing with the with the no, window crack holler no. back. Money ain't a thing, yeah, and that's what they at one point it became saying. They didn't make all. They didn't don't look at it as everything they did for George was just for George. This was a combined. What they did, they said, okay, he put it on the table. If we get George, then then Kawhi's coming. So. Let's look at it as what they gave up. They did it for two people. And that's what they, that's what, and when you put it like that, you're like, okay, you're going to tell me it's not worth it. Yeah, that's worth it. You got to take a shot. Oh yeah. I mean, I think they're the favorites now. That's, that's just me. And a lot of people probably do, but I think it's kind of funny if, if you're Chris Paul, all those years with the Clippers, right? And then you finally push your way out to get to Houston to try and win a title. And now it looks like the Clippers are the favorites to win a title. Just, you know, a couple of years after he left. What do you think he's thinking right now? <laughs> uh, I mean, there's the, the Clippers are probably the favorite just because they have Kawhi, but they're not the out-and-out favorite like the Lakers would have been had Kawhi gone with them. So that's what makes me just so happy about this is the fact that, yes, the Clippers might be a slight favorite, but if you look at the current projected standings or the early projected standings I saw, the Clippers weren't even first in the West still. It was this team in Houston, which shocked me, but... 
there's going to be a lot of figuring stuff out to do for the Clippers. And like we've seen with a lot of these teams, the first year they come together, it doesn't always necessarily work. By year two, then you've got a much clearer picture of everyone's roles. Things work out. But man, this first year, it's going to be a heck of a lot of fun for all us basketball fans. And also just the way that the Clippers constructed this from all those guys could play defense. You know, yeah. sometimes whenever you construct these teams and you say, okay, it's going to take a little while, usually it's it's harder to get the defensive aspect right than rather than the offense. Offense and basketball, you could flow. But to think that these guys are stacked on the defensive side, hey, Vegas agrees with you guys. Clippers, plus 275 odds on favorites to win the title, followed by the Lakers at plus 350. Milwaukee, plus 600. 76ers, 10 to 1. Rockets twelve to one, Warriors fourteen to one, Raptors sixteen to one, Jazz sixteen to one. That's interesting. It's it's Man. it's very interesting. You still have your uh, team say like uh, the Nuggets twenty to one, Brooklyn twenty two to one, Thunder all the way down to fifty to one. <laughs> I mean they have to be, and it makes sense why they did this with the timing because the Thunder weren't going to win, you know, in in the next year or two, you know, with LeBron and everything happening. So, especially with the Clippers. So, it's probably a good time to rebuild, right? You know, you weren't going to win anyway this year or probably next year. So, maybe start that process. Maybe you can have something going by the time LeBron's, you know, retired and out of the West. It's wide open now. Some teams have, you could call them a pair, a pair of strong players. Some teams say like the Nuggets where you can't say, hey, they got any just big superstars, but they got depth. Oh, yeah. Right? Clippers were good, man. What, What won this year? Depth. Toronto beat Golden State because of depth, right? Yep. Now you have teams say like the Nuggets, the Jazz with depth. Not so. Don't get me wrong; they got a few players where you could say, "Hey, their potential." The Spiders a potential. Mitchell's, you know, Donovan. Sure. He, he he's a potential star, but they got depth, and now it's wide open. You know what? Sorry, Lakers, but I love to see this. I love to see it. The NBA is back, and we're going to make it easy like we do every single Sunday morning. Let's get a go, USA. Let's do this together. You're listening to Monday Line ESPN 97.5. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline, 713-780-3776. That's the vibe. At Moneyline 97.5 is where you can find us on Twitter at Josh Jordan 97.5 at Carlson Radio and your boy at Jerry Bo Knows with a Z. I've been free. My probation, this ankle monitor, my Twitter ankle <laughs> monitor. If Twitter had a monitor, where'd they put it? On your, on your neck. And you just, that's what Twitter does to people. It chokes you, this Twitter social world. And they, they ain't choking me no more. I'm, I've kept it clean whenever I put music. I just delete it right away. <laughs> and if you're listening out there, whoever it is that reports me, don't hate on me no more, please. No, we don't need any more of that. I'm tired of going back and forth with the Z and the S. Just leave Jerry's account alone. By the way, uh, still uh, no score in the USA soccer match. <sighs> I felt like a punch to the head when you just said that. I just, it's def. That's when people say, okay, how do, handicapping soccer, and, and it's all about theory to me, the way I do it. Everyone to each their own, but I like to think if in soccer, that 0-0 zero, zero or a draw, 
being level, it dictates so much of the game because and depending also know know what competition it is. Know if the if the the draw helps your team. If if it's in regular league play where they gives them a point, you know what I mean? Is it a team that was supposed to lose and they're drawing out of nowhere? They they come level and they're fifteen minutes in the game. Are they gonna sit back and sit on that draw? Or is it a, a cup game where they don't want to go to overtime? Is it a cup game where the team knows that there's penalty shots if they tie and they know that that's probably their best when Peru uh beat a, the the last Last game, I'm sorry, I went blank, but their last, oh, Uruguay, whenever they beat Uruguay, um, what was their best option was they said, man, if we just somehow get this to penalties, we got a good shot. You know, you never want to, you never want to decide something in penalties. You never. No. And I, I like how you always talk about, you know, you have a, a, a plan before the game starts. And then when it starts, sometimes you see something. Exactly. And so, it, it changes maybe how you feel about the game and quickly, too. Exactly. For the example, today I'm looking at this right now, and I know that if the Netherlands, for some reason, were to open this scoring up, and I know they've scored two goals or more, and it's like 14 out of the last 18 mm-hmm. matches, they've scored three multiple times along that way. I know that it's gonna they're going to try to shut it down so the U.S. will start dominating the ball. So it's just things like that. To me, I do think the Netherlands gets on the board at some point today because they are a team that scores, and the U.S. has had mental lapses at points throughout this tournament where they have given up goals. So I wouldn't expect them to to, to keep clean sheet today, but I won't expect them to lose either. Like, I'm, I'm pointing at three one, but again, uh, going back to that theory, it's a uh, it's big thing depends on how long this game stays 0-0 because Netherlands know uh, 0-0 going into halftime against that U.S. team is a win for them knowing that their they're draw at ha- a level at half against uh, the number one team in the world, that's a win for them. Uh, U.S. becomes more impatient. Now say that goal comes right now, then it's then it's you know all, yeah. all hell breaks loose. Now you start hitting that over because you know that the Netherlands has to play. Uh, they're already an attacking team. Now they got to play more out of suit. So just things like that is what you got to look for. And here we go. Oh, no. Nothing. Either way it goes, let's uh, not touch too much soccer here. This is a, a football show, right? But uh, no we got to talk about at least where our money is because people wonder sometimes, like, where am I even? St- I don't even know where this country is. Like, where are you putting me? But it's just a theory of how long will it take that one team to to break through? Because And then how does the team react? Are they a team that could sit on a 1-0 lead? Did they not expect us to have that 1-0 lead? So are they going to sit on it? Or is it a team that said, hey, we expected to score earlier than this. Now when we score, the other team's got to play out of character and now they're going to get, now we're, we're a counter-attacking team. So now we're just going to sit back, pick them off. Sit back and pick them off. Just know what kind of team you're messing with and know, uh, try to dictate when that first goal comes and that's everything else falls in line like a dominoes. No doubt. And you, you predicted the score of the England-USA game, right? Didn't you have it at two to one? And yeah, that's where it finished at? John hit me up that morning, John Granado, and like I told him, that's just the way it's again for the way. And, and and it got lucky; a few goals were called back and all, but but uh, it just the way it played out. I knew that that uh, U.S. has scored in the first, uh, I believe it's eighteen minutes of going back. I forget how many matches, and then uh, England has done the same, scored at least their opening goal in the twenty eighth minute in all their opening games. So then you know, okay, there's one coming soon. So the over under is only one. You're free rolling me. You're telling me that I got a free bet? I'll take it. Yeah, of course. So this is pretty exciting. We'll keep updating this as we go along because hopefully some of our listeners are, are riding with us on this one as well. But, yeah, a lot of football to talk about. The other football as well. What do you want to get to today? There's, there's been a lot of stuff out there. Well, first let's, let's, let's speed towards talking about the 40-yard dash competition. Yeah. 
That's why we can't have nothing nice. You know, they use that term, man. You, we can't have nothing nice. Well, these guys still didn't get paid. We've been talking about this 40-yard dash that happened, how, how fantastic it was, how Rick Ross came out and performed. It was a, it was a spectacle. But where's the money? People are starting to think it was a scam. Nobody's gotten paid out yet, and it looked like this was going to be a thing that, you know, maybe happen annually. Like, you know, they do it every year, and I'd watch. But, you know, it is kind of interesting because remember we talked about Ted Ginn Jr.? He's the one that kind of got this thing going, and then he didn't even show up and run. It makes me wonder if he got tipped off a little bit like, hey, man, there's, there's no money. <laughs> you know, maybe that's the reason. I don't know that, but it's making me wonder. Maybe that's why he didn't show up and do it because he knew – there was there wasn't going to be a payoff. Well, some of them say that they were promised twenty five thousand up front. Yeah, they never even saw that off the top. So something started getting a little funny. Now they're telling them, "Don't ca- that big check that we gave you, that big paper check, it's basically worthless right now." <laughs> Can you imagine walking in a bank with that thing, trying to actually like, yeah, I wanted to uh, deposit this. I don't think they're going to let you deposit that giant check. You can't even fit it through the door. What is it on? Uh, is it Happy Gilmore? Wait, yeah, he has got them on the in the back seat of his car. <laughs> okay, but again, I've always wanted one of those though. But I want it for like a low amount, like twenty eight dollars. Just walk up, just twenty eight dollars. And then they tell you, well, sir, you're overdrafted, so <laughs> this big old thing doesn't even cover that. <laughs> Give me one of those big ones. I don't care. But, again, though, going back to how are you going to get in respect? How are you going to be able to put on events like this whenever you can't even pay these guys out? You're, you're a week past it, and I, I, it's just – it's. It's sad. It's it's embarrassing, and it's you got these. these I mean, Marquis good good when he. You yeah. don't think he needs to get paid for this? Oh, he. You know, he wants that million bucks, and I don't know. I, you know, with like the AAF folding, you know, I know that's kind of a separate thing. But there's a lot of kind of shady stuff that's been going on where these people don't really, they don't organize this stuff very well. And then they're, when you're not able to pay anybody at the end. I mean, you see a lot of people from the AAF forming lawsuits, you know, players getting charged for their hotel stays. And, you know, this kind of reminds me of that situation. You got to you got to make sure you're dealing with credible people. Now, I don't remember what the final time was. I don't remember if they clocked it. Right. But how good would would five point one seven do? Because <laughs> that's what the 42 year old Tom Brady ran out there, which is faster than the five point two eight he ran. And at the 2000, uh, 2000 scouting combine, yep, he's getting faster. He's getting fast, and he threw on the gun. And I think it was like 60, 61 miles an hour, something like that, the other day, which is really impressive. That's, that's faster than Patrick Mahomes threw at the combine. So, And let's be honest, with radar guns, they have hot guns, and they have kind of regular guns. Sometimes it can change between three and four miles per hour based on if you have a hot gun. But, I mean, that's still impressive with Tom Brady. And somebody did, like, a, a screenshot, a side-by-side. You know that famous photo with the shirt off from the combine where, you know, he looked tiny? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they, they, you know, pulled a pic from, I don't know, a couple weeks ago. And he's faster. He's in better shape. You know, his body looks better. And he's running, he's running faster and throwing harder. I how, mean, how is this? It's the TB12 thing, man. He is trying to sell some TB12. He's trying to sell some books. And, you know, it's hard to... Hard to argue with his results, man. Uh, I just don't understand it. Twentieth, heading into his twentieth season, and we keep hoping as fans to, of opposite teams that he falls off, but he doesn't. He doesn't. I don't know how much of a step back he'll take this year because his division 
They got one thing in common. And we'll get back to that when we get back. You listen to Money on ESPN 97.5. HRNP listener line dial 713-780-ESPN. Looking to outsource your company's HR and payroll? Get the top initiative and smart solutions with HRP.net. That's right. 713. You know, hits. Heavy in the streets, nigga, you know what it is. Check it out. Street game major, a killer institution. Go get it if you want. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline 713-780-3776, where we are praying heavily for a United States goal. Let's get there quick, fast, and in a hurry. At Josh Jordan 97.5, at Carlson Radio, at Jerry Bo Knows. We're in the booth. We're in the studio. We're trying to make some money. We're trying to figure out how Brady keeps getting younger. Yeah. The Benjamin Button that is Thomas Brady. That's what his friends call him. Uh, like Andrew said, that avocado ice cream, if that's a good theory right there. I have a theory that. If you get you a hot wife like that, it takes, uh, it keeps you young. Oh, you know it. And uh, speaking of young, then we think about. We heard whenever the uh, strength of schedules came out, everyone mentioned the Patriots got number one again. So, but it makes sense because of the division they're in. Yeah, it's awful, and it has been for years. Now you think about what quarterbacks. Does he face? And something that they all have in common, that, like we teased, is all three of these quarterbacks were taking top 10 in the 2018 draft. How how weird is that? It is. And I think we're going to get to this about Belichick and what he does to young quarterbacks. I mean, we saw it with Deshaun Watson last year. You know, he, he saw some wrinkles that he wasn't used to. And Belichick does that to everybody. We saw what he did to Jared Goff in the Super Bowl. And that's... Again, that's why I have faith that they will surpass this win total. As, as they, they're, they're the team that always gets that double-digit win total, and they surpass it more than anyone else. The three quarterbacks we refer to as Josh Rosen, now in Miami, Darnold at, in the Jets, and the Bills quarterback, Josh Allen. All three young guys, Just you have Belichick sitting at the under table just, just salvating at yes. the mouth saying, what, I get to play these three young guys? I hate to be on the other side of that, but again – how can you go up to the board and bet under on the Patriots whenever you know that this is what they have to go up against at least six times? Right. I mean, the only way you're not going over is if some kind of injury happens. So, you know, they just keep doing it. And what's kind of interesting is, you know, Adam Gase coming over, Adam Gase coming over from Miami to the Jets. And I know he's got some, you know, Robbie Anderson's good. And, you know, he got Le'Veon Bell now. And, you know, they've got some players. But what I thought was interesting is they hardly run any plays. Like, I believe the last year when he was with the Dolphins, Adam Gase, his offense, they were like the slowest offense since like 2006 for the amount of plays that they ran. So if he brings that over to the Jets, you know, I kind of wanted to be positive. Maybe there'd be some good fantasy options. Maybe the Jets would improve. But 
I'm going to stay away. I'm worried that they're just they're not going to run enough plays for it to matter to to make any kind of impact. And when you're playing the Patriots, you're going to have to put some points on the board. So I don't worry about them at all. Buffalo, I I think even worse. I mean, their running back situation, my lord, with Shady McCoy and Frank Gore and like what are they doing? They rebuilt the offensive line, but it's not a bunch of guys you're really familiar but, with. Like what would you do if you come in Monday morning and there's a there's a desk next to you. There's actually someone sitting right there with a with a laptop next to your computer, and then and then you have Mr. Gallus sitting there, and he's just like, "Hey, this is the this is the new guy." But you didn't even know someone was getting hired, and, and then you're like, "Well, what's his title?" And then they say, "Well, they give him the exact same title you have, <laughs> right?" And, and you're like, "What? This is kind of interesting." Uh-huh. They're like, "All right, give them all the passwords, give them everything," um, and they're just basically telling you. Train this guy, yeah. basically. Train your replacement. Yeah, go ahead and train. The, how would you feel going into to the next day, the next week? You go home and you're just thinking, these guys are about to replace me. What if they brought in three guys? What if there's three <laughs> guys sitting there? What are you going to do? And that's what you have in Buffalo right now, a stable of running backs with none being able to, uh, not being able to because, yeah, McCoy could take the load, but I don't sure. think. That, that, that that's the plan anymore, and it's interesting going forward how it's going to happen. For fantasy football, pers- it's a disaster. Stay away from it. Stay away. That's going to be a running back by committee. Here's the thing about Frank Gore. He may be like 35, but coaches like him. They play him, man. He plays, and he's not making a ton of money, but he's pretty effective despite his age, so he's going to get some touches. I, I, I am staying away from that situation. Le'Veon Bell is starting to really scare me with you know the amount of plays that we were talking about, and he wasn't a high touchdown guy when he was with the you know the Steelers. I mean, James Conner had more touchdowns this past year than I think Le'Veon Bell ever had rushing. I think Conner had like twelve. So I, I, I don't feel like the touchdowns are going to save Le'Veon. So you're really just hoping for all those you know, all those catches in a PPR, and then the Dolphins. I mean, what are we doing? Is there anybody on the Dolphins you're really going to look at? Probably not. You're not going to feel good about it. None. So, I mean, that division. I, I'm going to do that a little more this year. I'm going to stay away from as many bad teams as possible. I know that should be an obvious strategy, but every year you get caught up and oh, this guy's a new hot sleeper, and maybe you kind of change your standards. I, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm going for the guys on good offenses. I'm targeting them. And just to tease ahead, later on during the show, we're going to have a lessons learned type yeah uh segment which basically it's going to say what what do you do like like you just said right now specifically in this situation how we know Brady's going to dominate or the Patriots will dominate so how do you what what do you do how do you attack let's say DFS whenever you know one team's going to score a lot how do you know what what, what how does the game I say game script play out to the opposing quarterback. Does that quarterback usually shine? Does the opposite – do teams with leads, do those running backs, usually because of game script and the game entails that if you have a lead towards the end of the game, you're more you're more entitled to run, right? You're sure. trying to get the clock going. So do those – do those running backs usually end up top twelve every week? Things like that. We're going to have a lessons learned, and it's going to be it's going to be in depth. We're going to do quarterbacks, running backs, receivers, lessons learned from last year, for example, of 
what to use. What do you use whenever you go in and pick a, a weekly receiver? Do you what, what weighs more heavily? Do uh, targets weigh more heavily? Do uh, yards? Do what do you want? Do you want that guy that like a Deshaun Jackson that's going to give you uh, minimal catches but bigger plays, or do you want a Larry Fitzgerald or Gerald, which gives you more targets? He's more of a you know he'll be used more of a a, a checkdown, a, a safety, not a checkdown, but let's say safety net to to Kyler Murray today uh, this year. Is that someone you go with? It's just things like that, and it's just numbers that play into it that go to tell you, hey, if you use these, if you're if you're using these measures. These guys usually end up in the top 12 every week. Use these, and we'll get into that in depth because it goes on forever. No, no doubt. And, you know, since we kind of started this talking about Tom Brady, let's just quickly look at him for fantasy this year. Man, he is dirt cheap. You can get Tom Brady in the 10th round. And last week we talked about Deshaun Watson. I think he's probably like the number two quarterback coming into this year. You'll probably have to take him in the third or fourth round. I'm waiting. I can I can wait and get Tom Brady in the tenth round, and I know you're kind of thinking, oh, he's falling off. That's why he's you know that's why you can get him so late. But he had almost forty four hundred yards and twenty nine touchdowns last year with only eleven interceptions. Year before that, thirty two touchdowns. Year before that, twenty eight. Year before that, thirty six. You kind of see how he he'll pop one around twenty eight or twenty nine, and the next year he'll be in the the thirties by quite a few. It's kind of an every other year thing with him, but. He's, the most interceptions he's thrown in the last five years is 11. He's, he's not going to run. You're going to get basically no rushing, despite him showing you his, his, his five-second 40 that he ran the other day. He's not going to run and get you any yards. But if you can get him in the 10th round and just load up on other positions, I think that's the way to do it. And right behind him is Ben Roethlisberger. You can get him at about a, a pick of around 122. So... I'm waiting, and I know that's kind of the, the typical thing for quarterbacks every year. They say wait, but it's a, it's a different group of guys. Last year, Matt Ryan was the guy I was waiting on. You know, you don't want to pay for that, you know, big year, that career, career year on a guy. You want, to, you want to get the guys that are kind of flying under the radar. You know, Phillip Rivers, he's going about, uh, about pick 114. You can get him in the 10th round as well. I'd rather have Brady than him, and he's going quite a bit in front of Brady. So those are three guys you can target right there that – and they're they're not guys you're going to be afraid to play every week. You know Roethlisberger's going to throw the ball around. You, you well, know? That's what scratch, gets me scratching my head, this Roethlisberger rank, because he was the second-best-scoring yeah. quarterback last year. 34 touchdowns. You know when the last time he had 34 touchdowns was? Never. <laughs> so all of a sudden, yes, I know Antonio Brown's gone. Yes, I know that. But that's a throwing offense. They throw heavily on, on, on that side of the ball and – I think I don't, they throw more than anybody. Yes, you know, percentage they, for, wise, yes, yeah. for sure. And they're the, they're for percentage wise, they're the team that throws the most on second, a second and ten. Uh, just everything points to them throwing the ball. They throw it to their running backs a lot. Yeah, thirty-four touchdowns, second overall scoring as a, at the position last year. Big Ben and people are sleeping on him. I don't understand that. Now you ask yourself, Brady last year he finished eleventh overall, three hundred and fifty points. Right behind them, Dak Prescott, 349.3, not even an entire point behind him. That's crazy because you, if somebody gave you a trivia, you wouldn't think of those two guys being paired up, but those are still QB1s. In, in a 12 man uh, team league, you got those, that's the, that's the cut, cutoff of 12, of, of QB1s. But then you ask yourself, Cam Newton in his off year, he's going to work himself back in there with his running ability. He's going to get points. So go ahead and move into Cam Newton. Move up uh, Baker Mayfield because 
his his game his standards or his uh, numbers are off a smaller sample size. So he's probably going to move into that top twelve. So so who's going to move out? Because who do you got? Russell Wilson ended up tenth. Kirk Cousins ninth. Breeze eighth. Rogers seventh. Golf six. Watson. Luck, Ryan, who's moving out of that top 12? See what I'm saying? Yeah. Is it more liable that Brady, Prescott, Rivers, sitting at 11, 12, 13, are going to make way for Cam Newton, Baker, Mayfield? See, what's interesting with Dak is he had six rushing touchdowns last year. You know how many he had the year before that? Six. You know how many he had the year before that? Six. They let him run that bootleg inside the five. And. It seems hard to duplicate, but he's done it three years in a row, so there's got to be something to it. So and that's one of those things, know your scoring system, right? If it's a you know a four-point passing touchdown league, then Dak's going to have more value because of that rushing. So, I mean, he only rushed for like 300 yards, which is you know only about 19 yards a game. It's not a ton. You know, I think Deshaun Watson's around 30 yards a game, so a little higher for him. But the six touchdowns, that, that'll save you. You know, Brady might get that little one-yard QB sneak touchdown from time to time he's pretty good at that but you know in general rushing wise he's just not going to help you and then let's look last year we said he ended up 11th but 2017 he was a third overall scoring quarterback so you get him the 10th round that money come on dude money 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 and that's what we try to produce every every single sunday here on moneyline when we get back you cowboy fans we got a little bit of talk for you and you're gonna like it you listen to moneyline esp 97.5 Compete. Freddy Krueger walking on King Street. Confuse and lose, abuse and bruise the crews and choose to use my name wrong. They pay dues. You're listening to Money Line on ESPN 97.5. On ESPN975.com. Live from the ESPN975 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline 713-780-3776 is the jam at Moneyline975 is where you can find us on Twitter. If the if the stream is down for you, go ahead and find us on Twitch. That's another way to be able to watch us today on today's show. Yeah. Go ahead and uh, text us also, 713-780-3776. We'll get to all your questions, and we're going to open up this next hour where uh, anybody who calls in can get in the Moneyline Fantasy Football League. So go ahead and get ready to call in. We're going to be able to take uh, all, anybody and everybody until we fill them all up. As, as, as of right now, we'll, we'll stick with the three. If it gets bigger, then we'll work from there. Yeah, no doubt. So if you want to get in, you could hit us at Moneyline on Twitter. So and, and you can watch the show, like Jerry said, ESPN975.com. I hear there's a party next month also. What, what's up with that? A, a listener party? Yeah, listener appreciation party coming up in August. Going to be fun, man. Remember, we hung out at the one last year. And they, they did a poker thing last year, remember? And we were going around with the Facebook Live camera and kind of showing Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman's hands while they were playing in this you know tournament. And uh, it was pretty fun. I, I had a really good time. This year, we're not going to – no poker, nothing like that. It's going to be like a high school party, man. We're just going to hang out and have some drinks, have some good food. It's going to be a blast. So Huge turnout yeah, last year. Remember huge. that? It was like 400 people last year. I think we're going to – we're going to make it a little smaller, I think, this year. It was, you know, it was a little too much last year. But, yeah, just, just keep listening. We're going to give out opportunities on all the shows on ESPN 97.5 to, to win tickets because it's, it's invite only. 
And um, that was open bar. They had food. Papa shot last year. Oh, and like yeah. I said, it's going to be a little bit more laid back this year. No, uh, no events per se, but we're all going to be there, and it's going to be fantastic. No, I mean it's kind of like hanging out at a sports bar, but you're at a radio station. You get to do it with you know your favorite ESPN host. Drink a couple beers. It's going to be fun. Don't be taking no dares that night. Have you ever have you ever been a, a a dare person if or you know or one to to set the dares like hey I dare you to do this when you were growing up were were you uh, easy to be convinced or the one trying to do the convincing probably the try to do the convincing yeah you were that guy in the back like I bet you won't do it yeah because like I don't want to be that guy that's having to eat something gross like trust me I've I've been that guy to eat something gross when I'm drunk on Sixth Street and I drop my pizza on the ground and I picked it up and ate it but hey i was drunk so what can you do but uh no nothing like this story what you're talking about here that you know you hear about people like, like eating goldfish like as pranks and stuff i was like about that. to say that i've seen that done with, i sure. think i i had some of the five dollar investment into what we gave to our <laughs> buddy at the time i i was in on at least a dollar or two of it and that goldfish had been dead for about two three months though bro oh, i mean man. this thing was i remember it smelled the water smell <laughs> and i we're like, is he really going to eat that for five bucks? For five bucks? Yeah. When we were younger, I remember we went to Taco Bell and they had that atomic or the fire sauce or whatever mm-hmm. it is, the high, hardest one they have. Yeah. And uh, we had a friend put 16 packets into a bean burrito. And I mean, it was pouring out. I remember him picking it up and it was just pouring it out and he and he couldn't drink. I, I forgot what else we did to it, but he couldn't take a drink for X amount of time. Okay. And, so things like that, but nothing like this. A tragic news story is coming out of. Australia, where a father of three died basically after eating a gecko as a party dare. A gecko. It, it always comes down to, to being drunk and making bad decisions, right? Well, this is real bad because the man's family said he was basically rotting from the inside out and eventually died from the toxic animal. I didn't know they were so toxic, first off. I didn't so if you ever if you're ever in a bad situation and you're looking for whatever to eat, don't eat the gecko. That's for sure, because David Dowell was at a Christmas party in December when a friend dared him to eat a gecko. Hey, man, you want to eat that gecko? Like, no, that's never ran across my mind ever. But that was what he said, and he isn't one to back down from a challenge. So that Saturday night was his, uh, we could call it, gave him Saturday Night Fever. And from everything from there, he was vomiting green bile, and his urine even turned the color black. Oh, Like something... If your urine turns black, something's really wrong. You are being a bad teammate, according to Tom Herman, because, you know, they have that thing where they have the chart of what color your urine's supposed to be, and if you're hydrated enough, it's a certain color, and you're being a bad teammate. So on that chart, it tells you if you're a bad teammate just by the color of your urine. I don't think anybody's ever listed black as the color. That's when you know you you got some problems. Imagine if you go to a drug test, and then you... (laughs) You hand, hand that to the you, person. He's just, he's checking it for temperature, and he can't even see because it's. He's like, "What is wrong with you?" He just he, he calls the he calls the ambulance. That's what I do if somebody yeah. comes with a with a black cup. I mean, I've had some bad experiences in those as well. Just handing them a cup of of cold pee that wasn't yeah, yours, shit. and they, they look at you like shake your. They just shake their head like, "Come on, man, you could do better than this." And you just shake the like, "Come on, man." You're getting paid hourly. Like, let's 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 just let's just walk off, and I'm gonna buy your lunch here, bro. Like, <laughs> I imagine the stories they get. There's always that person sitting there for like five hours because they can't go to the bathroom for some reason, so and they're just sitting there drinking water and drinking water. I, I never get that. But in, in my day, 
in my day, you know, in, in my younger days, when when I was still up to this kind of stuff, I uh, had to use the Wizardator one time. Did you? And I, I wasn't too familiar with it. I bought it on the way to the thing because I couldn't drink. Man, that Terminator Gold stuff is disgusting. It's like liquid vitamin. It's like it's like thick. So I, I got to about, I mean, not even a quarter of it, and I started just gagging. I'm like, there's no way that I'm going to be able to get this down. And it was like two, you know, they tell you take it like two hours before. Yeah. And then so I'm like, man, there's no way I can take this. So I go back up there. I'm like, what's plan B? I'm like, well, you can strap this thing on. I'm like, <laughs> when okay uh-huh. so you get up in there and man they gave me a faulty one i ended up going back and they admitted it was faulty so that so i have this thing on and it starts leaking <laughs> so so i'm in there and i didn't realize it so in the car when i put it on and it, you put the heat pad so it gets hot you check it then i put it on so i'm getting in there and i feel like i'm real sweaty and i'm thinking it's just me being nervous my back <laughs> i'm like man this is something that's not right here so i never really get to check because i didn't want to go to the restroom and mess up my my, sure. my setup. So I'm like, I'm just going to wait. So finally, it's time for me to go take the test. And I pull my pants down and it just burst. Like the the, the, the pouch, the, the pressure came off of it and it had a hole in it. And it just goes all over my pants. <laughs> at that point, I gave up. And I said, you know, I'm not meant to work here at Kmart. And <laughs> I'm out of here. I wanted, I, was, I wanted to be an electronic specialist, but it's not meant for me. I remember opening the door and the guy's like, hey, that was, that was, and he just looked down and it was just a big old spot. And I just looked at him and I didn't say one word. I just walked off. Like, I remember him open, like trying to open the door for me. It was uncomfortable. And I was just like, just <laughs> let me out. Just, just get out the way. But again, let me take my L <laughs> again. I don't know how we got off on that, but if you, if it was black, uh, you're in, you're in trouble. <laughs> you're in trouble. That's the moral of the story. But uh, yeah, this guy. Uh, no, the moral is don't eat. Uh, don't eat the the gecko. Stick to goldfish because, from what I understand, my friend he was just he had the runs. That was it. I bet. But uh, don't eat geckos. Man, that is. I saw that story earlier this week, and I just had to read it. The headline was, you know, too interesting. And man, it's. Oh, and it, there's more details of what happened to this guy, and it is it'll make you sit uncomfortable in your chair with what happened to his boys. Let's just oh, say yeah, they, yeah. they swelled up to like a massive level. And I ain't trying to do that to the listeners on a Sunday morning. People yeah. got things to do to have that image in their head, but just know that it wasn't bad. Another story that stuck out to me, Instagram cosplay model is selling her bathwater for all the thirsty gamer boys for $30 sold out. <laughs> What is going on in this world? Belle Define Delphine, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing her. She's a British cosplay model and Instagram personality. The self-proclaimed weird elf kitty girl. That's what she goes for. She's heavily influenced by the Japanese enemy. She's selling bathwater and people are buying it. Yeah, I mean, it, it took a while for it to get delivered to me, but it was worth it. It was worth the wait. What did it smell like? <laughs> Man, I have no idea. But it's amazing that this is actually a way people make money now. 3.8 million followers is her fan base. She's selling out. And what did you say about this, Bathwater? I haven't been able to verify it yet with a second source online. And you know how the internet is. But I saw somewhere that one of these guys, a Florida man, of course, <laughs> of course. bought the Bathwater, drank it. And then immediately had to go to the hospital because um, he was having some issues. Oh, man. What are people doing? 
He was sitting yeah. next to the gecko guy, like, "Hey, man, what are you in for? Drinking Hold bath my beer. water? <laughs> Drinking bath water? What are you in here for? Eating geckos? Eating geckos? They're sitting next to each other in the emergency room. I mean, come on, man! Like, you you're drinking it. I mean, it's creepy enough that you actually want to own it, but you're gonna drink it. What if you got a wife and you order this because the packaging? It comes in a gamer girl bathwater. It comes in a small jar and it has a lid with an Xbox controller. <laughs> <laughs> so you could you could you could you could pass it off to your, to your wife like hey it's just an it was a it's a, a limited edition Call of Duty thing this is a new Mountain Dew flavor but but then it says love from Belle Delphine define well at least they're not skipping out in the graphics department they're at least making the packaging it's, look professional. it's clever yeah it's clever but to open it up and drink it I mean are you surprised though. No, you guys are something else yeah. out there, though. Straight <laughs> up, creeps, man. They're, they're I've seen I've seen bags of air from concerts being sold on eBay. I've seen things like that, but to actually ingest something, I mean, I'm not drinking my own bath water. <laughs> God no. <laughs> Would you drink Kate Eplin's bath water? Straight up, just don't even say no. nothing. Though. Not even a thought. No, it's bath all right. You water. listen to Moneyline. He said no. We'll be back on ESPN 97.5. Subject, you sure? You know we got your back like Cairo Pratt. ESPN 90. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. ESPN975.com. Live from the ESPN975 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline 713 780 3776. At Moneyline975 is where you can reach us on Twitter. School's out for summer. It is. Class is in session. And the topic here, this segment, will be what we learned, what lessons from last year. And first, I want to touch on quarterbacks, right? So looking back at the top scoring quarterback per week, then you ask yourself, what do you use? Like, say, for example, whenever you're doing your DFS lineups, what is the first thing that you look at? Matchups, obviously. Is it totals? What is it that you look at personally? Yeah, it's and we talked about this a little uh, off the air, but I really do look at, at points allowed, which now I'm kind of reconsidering. There might be a better stat to look at, but typically – what defenses typically allow to quarterbacks, the amount of fantasy points they give up, is something I definitely pay attention to, and just kind of, you know, the we'll also look at the over, you know, the the point total for the game. That's something to keep in mind, and you know, just kind of what type of game you think it's going to be. You know, if you think it's going to be a high scoring affair, um, you know, something like that, and just overall, just kind of matchups. You know, great receivers versus poor cornerbacks you know that'll make me like a quarterback a little bit more if his receivers got a really good matchup okay so let's keep using that theory using over under totals to predict quarterback success right because of the obviously if the totals high and they and they get there then there's going to be more points and that usually relates to quarterback numbers sure so top quarterback scores from each of the first 16 weeks 15 of the 16 quarterbacks played in games that over exceeded the total set by vegas Kansas City Chiefs, their games went over 64.7% of the time. Points allowed to the position rank, eighth. So basically, 
we've we've talked about this before when stacking teams. If you know team A is favored by X amount of points and they got a team total of 30 and you think they're going to get there, then what's to say that the opposite team isn't going to have to chase those 30 points, therefore translating into points for the opposing quarterback, right? So, again, you see this here with the Chiefs, 64.7, eighth most points. The Jets, 62.5, they gave up the fifth most points. Bengals, 57.1% of their games went over, second most points to quarterbacks. The Buccaneers, 56.2, third most to quarterbacks. Falcons, 56.2, first most quarterback points. So there is a trend there. Yeah, there's a correlation for sure. If a a team's going to score – you better be sure that that other quarterback, and if you really think about it and you're saying, once you say it like that, Jerry, it makes perfect sense. It's actually simplistic. It's saying, yeah, the opposite team's going to have to chase. Why haven't I thought of that? And if you think of it like that, because whenever you go to stack DFS, most people will look at the totals, then they'll look at the home team, and they say, this team's favored. Okay, let's stack, let's stack Mahomes. But no one ever really looks at, let's stack his counterpart that's going to have to chase Mahomes to keep his team in it, therefore resulting in more pass plays, resulting in more fantasy points. Yeah, I mean, say the, the Chiefs were playing the Bengals or something like that, right? You could say, hey, maybe I'll use Andy Dalton this week because I know they're going to be chasing points. And guess what? You can get Andy Dalton a hell of a lot cheaper than you're going to get Patrick Mahomes in daily fantasy. So that means you can load up at other positions. So it does make sense. I think where it, here's where it can fail, though, right, is if they get blown out so bad that they're having to take chances that they normally shouldn't have to take. You know, you might end up with that quarterback chasing points, ending up with three picks in that game. So it can backfire, but in general, I think it's a very solid strategy. Also, whenever you look at totals, how how high is that total set? Because okay, for example, we know that that Chiefs Rams that was sixty three and a half. Okay, that that did go over, obviously. But so then the game that was at sixty went over. Um, every game totaled over fifty eight points this year went over. So keep in mind that always in mind that just because it's ridiculously high doesn't mean to stay away automatically yeah. because, again, every game over 58 went over. Now, you ask yourself, where's the sweet spot? Like, So there's in 2008 teams, there were eight teams that had 50% or more of their games go over the total. Those eight teams that I named, that's the Chiefs, Jets, Seahawks, Bengals, Buccaneers, Niners, Giants, Falcons. Six of them also finished in the top 10 in FanDuel points allowed to quarterbacks. Again, like we said, giving up quarterbacks. So then you say, where's the sweet spot then, Jerry? Like, is it only when it's set at 63? Like, what what happens if it's set at 32? 83% of the games at 32 would go over that, and then the quarterbacks on the opposite team would also go over the mark. Now, I guess it's real confusing. Don't get me wrong. Again, Find a a find. In other words, find a total that you truly think has a chance of surpassing it and play the opposite quarterback. That's the key here, because if it's going to go over and that means you have a good read on team A that's favored, then team B has to chase. At the end of the day, it's it's it's, it makes sense. Oh, absolutely. It does. And typically, if they're not favored, they're probably the lesser talented quarterback, which means you could get a better value on him, like I was saying earlier. So it, it really pays off in other ways, too, because you get a, a really nice starting quarterback option, and then you have more, more money to get better running backs and receivers for that week. Another thing that I use when quarterbacks, 
All right, so volume is what you look for. Running backs to receivers, are they going to get a lot of targets? Are they going to get a, a lot of a runs or, or attempts? Sure. But for quarterbacks, you look at the upside of their fantasy performance and efficiency, fewer completions, higher yards per attempt, more passing touchdowns. Use that also as a measure. Looking back at the top quarterback scores for each of the first 16 weeks last season, 13 of them face a team with below average te- uh, terms of quarterback rate so if a a defense allows uh, a lot of completion percentage uh the touchdowns that's what you're looking for rather than a lot of stuff that that can be like yards 25 points for one yard 4.6 points for a touchdown the math adds up you can get a lamar jackson that's going to give you a rushing touchdown maybe a throwing one Mm -hmm. with only 200 yards that's equal to a guy out there slinging it three twenty five, you you understand? Yeah. So no, no, like you always say, know your scoring. That's big, and know that it makes sense. No, that that's important. And sometimes, kind of back to the Tom Brady thing we talked about in the previous segment about him being good value. Sometimes don't overthink it. You know, sometimes it's just hey, he's Tom Brady. He's probably going to be pretty good in most games. So there's just something to that. That the good offenses, but. This is important too because you're not you're not always going to have Tom Brady to pick every week. You're not going to want to use the same quarterback every week. You're going to want to base it off the matchups, and that's how you win: is you get one of these really, really cheap quarterbacks that has a breakout game for you, and then you get the rest of your plays right. And you can play the favorites, you know the you know the top five running backs, the top receivers. You can play the favorites in those categories, and we know how this is on DraftKings. Like if you want to finish really in the money on a lot of these. You got to knock most of your picks out of the park. Yeah, yeah you have to, yeah. and then fade fade the public on a few spots and yep. hope that 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 works out. But like you said, you have to knock them out of the park. Yeah. They have to. You, you each guy has to go twenty five points plus yeah. to, to win one of those big ones. And we had we had uh, Sean Green from the Sports Gambling Podcast last year. Remember, he got second in the Million Maker. Yeah, and he explained what it was like, the his theory behind it. Odell Beckham, uh, the news that he wasn't going to play on that Sunday night game of the opening uh, opening the football season against the Cowboys, I believe. Um, and a lot of people had faded him because it was a late game. People were thinking, if I put him in my lineup and he doesn't play, there's not very many studs at that price. Is there a stud on that Monday night game that's equal to Beckham? So then let me just write Beckham off and not take that chance. If you take that chance and it comes through, no one has him. He ended up going off, and that's how it all went down. No doubt. And, and I mean, that's when you're truly gambling, right? Because you don't know if the guy's going to go until much later. So that makes it kind of tough. One guy I did want to talk about for fantasy I think is going to be great this year, and he'll be a first-round pick in in every league, and that's Christian McCaffrey. And I don't know if you saw this, but Roger Craig, remember he was a running back for the 49ers, he came out and said that McCaffrey's going to hit 1,000 yards rushing and 1,000 yards receiving this year. That's huge. I hope his body can hold up. Yeah, exactly. But there's also another article I saw this week about how having an elite running back in today's NFL is just such a difference maker because they make safeties pay. They make when teams want to get in the nickel and kind of play against the pass, a really elite running back can really take advantage of that light box and just break off some big plays. So having an elite running back is it's really kind of coming back in style again because those guys can really take advantage of these mismatches. And if McCaffrey does this, he'd only be the third guy to do it. Roger Craig did it himself, 1,000 rushing, 1,000 receiving, and Marshall Falk did it one year. But aside from that, like nobody else has done it. You brought up David Johnson, and I pulled up his stats. 
he I think he had two thousand total yards, but he didn't have a thousand receiving yards. That's what they yeah. wanted to get out of right. him, and it never worked out. So, how high do you have Christian McCaffrey? Because he's in that three A three B, right? I'm on, if it's a PPR. I think maybe he should go number one. I think he finished number one last year in PPR. So it's just the, the injury thing, right? And the, the Panthers, they don't have that great an offensive line. And But the one thing is, is Cam runs. And we know from fantasy all these years, when you have a running quarterback, it makes it better for the, uh, for the running back if you have a running quarterback because the defense has to worry about the quarterback running too. You got the number one pick this draft. I want to know what your thoughts. Well, who are you taking? Because a lot of people got Saquon up there cemented, and I don't know if it's cemented at all. That because uh, it's tough for me to pass up on Zeke Elliott or Alvin Kamara. I'm with you. And Zeke, he bothers me a little bit. What do you have? Six touchdowns this past year? I mean, it was something ridiculously low for how much work that he got in. It was in the single digits. I know that. So if it's a PPR league, I'm probably going with either Kamara. Or McCaffrey. And the only thing with Saquon, I love him, man. He might be the best running back in the league. But you know what? I'm, I'm going back to my rule, Jerry. If you've only done it one year, I'm not spending a first-round pick on you. He's done it one year. So I'm not doing it. I feel you. What's crazy here, Gurley ended up as top overall scoring running back last year in 14 games. 309.1 points. Barkley, 16 games. McCaffrey, or Bar- let's say Barkley, 292. McCaffrey, 274. These guys weren't even close, and that's with the fall off of Gar- Gurley. That goes to show you how important he really is. People trying to blow it off saying, no, they, they got their backup ready, but their backup is not. I don't think he's going to be that. Gurley was on another level for a lot of that season, and then it just slowly doomed him down. It did. And, you know, I talked to our own Lance Zerline, and he's hearing that they're a little worried about Gurley. So, you know, they. They spent a pretty high pick on a running back, so watch out with Todd Gurley this year. That that knee might be lingering. And also always use as a measure not fantasy points per the whole year because games missed, use it points per game. Right. And he was 22.1. That's If you're getting 22.1 points per game out of your running back, you're in good shape. You listen to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. With the windows down, the music loud. I can tell you ain't last in the rap, but I want to see that good smile. Twitter. Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline975. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 975. And on ESPN975.com. Live from the ESPN975 studios, here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline. 713-780-3776 at Moneyline975 is where you can find us on Twitter at Carlson Radio, at Josh Jordan975, at Jerry Bow Knows. We teased a little bit of Cowboys talk. Cowboy guy out there sitting like, hey, what about what about me? You know, I need a little shine. We we made the playoffs last year. Yep. We did our thing. And I'm real curious what happens with the young Cowboys. I didn't realize that all their starters in that postseason game were under the age of 30. That's amazing. That's a good problem to have. Yes. That's why they're having to pay all these guys right now because they're all young and wanting those big contracts. 
Jalen Smith went on record this week to, uh, saying, quote, we understand our identity. It's earn your, he did it at his earnest, uh, your earn your stripes camp, excuse me, last week. Last year, we spent a lot of time finding who we were as a team, as a unit, individually. So we know that we're a team that's going to play hard-nosed football. I really like the Cowboys this year. Yeah, uh, we talked about it a few weeks ago. We we like them to win that division. I think the only thing we're worried about is, you know, if Carson Wentz is healthy and has like an MVP-type season, then maybe the Eagles take that division. But I, I'm kind of... I'll believe it when I see it with Carson Wentz, man. He's just he keeps getting hurt. So until he proves otherwise, I'm, I think I'm going to roll with the Cowboys this year. I mentioned all the starters were under the age of thirty. Well, all twenty-two of those starters they're returning, which is, I mean, they're loaded. They really are, especially for that division. That many young players now. They're going to definitely have a, a starter that's well over 30 with Jason Witten returning this year. Yeah, he'll keep the overall age down. And Sean Lee at 32, you yeah. know what I mean? But overall, this team's where you want to be. And I just wanted to kind of talk about them some because we've been talking about Elliott some. And, you know, Travis Frederick comes back this year too. That's big. Huge. It is. And I was right. I did that stat off the top of my head. Zeke was six rushing touchdowns last year. I looked it up. He did. He did have a few receiving as well. But – I don't think that's going to happen again. And, you know, I think he's going to have a big year. And we talked about this a couple weeks ago. His next contract may not be with the Cowboys. You know, they might do him just like they did to Marco Murray, which means he's going to get a boatload of opportunity. That'd be sick. You know, he he really, I think they're just going to ride him. And I think he's set up to have a big year. And I think Amari Cooper is, he's what makes all this work for them now. They finally got that big play guy. And Dak looks like a better quarterback with Amari Cooper on the field. I wanted to look at how some of these running backs performed, the ones that we were talking about in the last, let's say, five weeks of the season because that's what matters to a lot of us, your, your fantasy Super Bowl, right? Christian McCaffrey, he was the second overall during that five weeks, and you ask yourself, well, who's first? Well, let's not forget what Derrick Henry did at the end there. Yeah. I'm not a are you a are you a buyer going into this year? Because you're gonna have that one idiot going to draft this year and he's gonna say, Did you not see what Derrick Henry did? But I saw what the USA goal did. All right. USA gets on the board one zero, and we have life to the bet. I told you it's a matter of not. Are they? But it's a matter of when. And watch how the game switches now. That game is about to open up. The Netherlands are about to have to play a different style than they, what they plan to. Or not that unless they plan to because they knew at one point, hey, if U.S. scores, this is where we're going to go to. But the game's going to open up drastically now. And uh, we're about to drop another live bet. I need to pull it up right now to see where it's at. But Megan Rapino gets on the board. Blackout from the spot. Ooh, nice shot. So... Going back to Christian McCaffrey, I'm sorry for the interruption, but I'm sure that nobody cares out there if you're listening to the show. USA got on the board. But, okay, Derrick Henry. Man, Derrick Henry had eight touchdowns over those last five games. That 118 total points. Even with all that craziness, McCaffrey was only four points behind, behind him. Think about this. Over those last five weeks, he had 42 targets. 42. Those are like receiver numbers. It's unbelievable. I mean, McCaffrey, we, we did a little stat research in PPR. Him and Saquon Barkley were the top guys, 385 points. Barkley slightly ahead of him. But what we thought was interesting is McCaffrey 
107 catches as a running back. 107, imagine that. And you saw the way he finished the season, those stats that you're reading right there. He finished strong. And that's what you're looking for. Uh, we, we try to, you know, in fantasy football, it's you know when your fantasy playoffs are. Yep. Or at least know that before because I've, I've gotten in the leagues where they change them. It's different depending on which league you're in. Did you see that ESPN tries to leave it standard now whenever you set up a league to the two-week playoff system? I, I hate I, that. I do too because you have to go a whole week without even really knowing if you're going to win or not. If uh, yeah. if you do two two week playoffs, you're antichrist. <laughs> okay, because that is that is con- completely. And I fallen for that one time. I didn't check the rules. I figured that we were all humans. Yeah, and someone went <laughs> and the guy. But then the guy told me it was left like that. I never thought that I was supposed to move it. They they it comes by default like that. Don't check your league settings if you're a new commissioner this year. New commissioners and old commissioners. Let's talk right now. I'm talking yeah. about you. New commissioners. Try to keep it simple, but. Don't get me wrong. Add in some things that are fun. Start with the PPR stuff. Yeah. Let's do some things like that. Old commissioners don't get too cute. No, because there's some there's some wild leagues where these wild uh, bonuses. You start getting uh, 300 pass yard bonuses uh, on a rush over uh, 50 yards, and at that point, you just don't even know what's going down at the end of the game. No, you don't want to have to keep running to the website that you do your draft on and keep reading through the rules. You know, the entire season. You know, it should be, you should be able to watch the game and just kind of be able to eyeball how many points your guys have scored because it's the same scoring as in every other league you've ever played in. And you want to be able to kind of have an idea of how many points your opponent has without having to pull out your phone and look at the exact score. If you know what players they have and kind of how many yards they have during that game, you should kind of know where you stand. In, but in the leagues you're talking about, not with a, a bonus for this. And you see some leagues, they give you like two and a half points per catch for tight ends, but it's only one for receivers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just, Are you a fan of missed points on midfield goals? No. Here's the, and I'm, <laughs> That's the worst when, that, you're, that is the when worst. you're like, don't even attempt this, please. And like a 50, yeah. and how much is this going to take off me? And you're like, no, dang. Yeah. You shouldn't be penalized for a guy missing a 60-yard kick. And I also played in a league where you got – uh, negative points for your quarterback getting sacked. And I don't want that either. I, like, make fantasy fun. It's not fun when you're losing points watching your fantasy team. You, you want to watch your team score points. You don't want to watch them lose points for missed field goals and sacks and, you know, stupid stuff like that. So try and design it to make it fun to watch. Make the experience fun. If you have a bunch of penalties for your own team, it's not the same kind of viewing experience. You know what I mean? It's a downer every time your guy takes a sack. Oh, lose a point there. Oh, my kicker missed a point, lost another point. Make it more positive. I, I'm cool with the interceptions, though, that you know you take yeah, a point or sure. two off for that. Tip number two. <laughs> Commissioners, as a commissioner, man, you tend to – let it be a, a league vote thing. Yeah. There's some commissioners out there that want to make it, hey, my my way go. Uh-huh. I've, I've seen leagues get overturned. Yeah. The people, the power of the people. Hey, leave it into the people's hands to, to veto trades and things because if you take that upon yourself, even if you believe you're in the right, again, these are things that you set up. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the pre-draft setting. Sure. Leave it as a league-wide because I've seen it in something in your mind that doesn't pertain to being correct. Or say you're in first place and the second guy's making a move and you really don't think it's right, but you you veto it yourself. That second-place guy's going to think it's because you're imposing on him. And right. So just avoid all that because it's going to be a headache. Tip number three, 
Set up your playoffs to fall on the right weeks. Don't let it go to week 17. Yeah, that, don't do that. And for us, we kind of decided just to let the, whatever site it is, whether it's ESPN or Yahoo, set it up and just let it roll. You shouldn't be having to use commissioner tools to overturn things. You know, it's the it's, worst. Yeah, just let however the league sets it up online, let that just that's, – that's the final say. Because then you don't get people arguing. You know, when we used to play on Yahoo, it'd be like we'd get this. People would complain. All right, take it up with Yahoo. You know that that's it. We're not going in as commissioners and changing things. Remember when we started know? this show? I told you that story about I had friends trying to fight over it. Remember, yeah. we were sitting at home. We we're sit, we we're sitting at, at someone's house drinking some beer, and then all of a sudden it said it, it gave us a notification on your phones. The commissioner made a rule change. And we're like, rule change? Mm-hmm. Now some alcohol was involved. All of a sudden, one guy, he's like, man, this is, we got to put a stop to this. this he's doing it for himself. <laughs> Next thing you know, he's on the phone with the other friend talking about he's going to go over there and fight him. And it's 2.30 <laughs> in the morning. And you're like, okay. He's like, all right, who's taking me? Who's giving me a ride over there? And we've been drinking heavily, so it's like nobody. Remember I told you, the guy ended up walking and getting a PI, public (laughs) intoxication. He never made it to the fight. I hope you make it through the rest of the show. We'll be back with some more money, some more laughs. You're listening to Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. You're listening to ESPN 97.5. Taking a break. Okay. That's cool. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Go! That's the sound of money, and that's the sound of the cash when it drops on your head, and the bookie don't like that one bit. You're listening to Moneyline, 713-780-3776. USA, two, Netherlands, zero in the Women's World Cup final. Give us that paper, Josh. Woo, nice to cash. I hope all the Moneyliners rolled with us on that one. Hey, there's still more time to go. So if you had over three, you know, or at least over two and a half, it might get there, so we'll see. 713-780-3776 if you want to get in and celebrate a little with, a bit with us. Again, I spoke about game theory and the way that I handicap it, and I told you it's, it's once that first goal breaks through, you got to realize what kind of – how much time do they have left? What what stage are we playing at? Okay, it's an elimination game in the in the World Cup final, so there's no time to hold up, so it's go, go all out. What happened? The second goal f- fell right, right after that. Why? Because – the Netherlands isn't a team that's built to play like that. They're, they they like going forward, yeah, but they don't get back well. So what happens there? Now you're playing into the U.S. USA women's. Uh, you're playing into their hands, and that's what happened quickly. You got your two zero. I wouldn't be surprised to see three here because it's all or nothing for the Netherlands. But as for us, we're not worried about that. We nope. cast our bet, and again, that was my play of the tournament. I told Josh I was putting a lung on it, and luckily I get to I, I get to keep it. <laughs> you're gonna need that. I'm going to need it. Yeah, no doubt. And, man, exciting. Yeah, you gave that out. Top of the show. A team total USA over one and a half. We're already there. 
So I, I hope everybody got in. We tried to give the pick away as soon as the show started because that's right when the game was getting started, too. Crazy thing is I have two more max bets today. Really? Two more, and I'm thinking about giving them out here. we got 27 minutes left. If you're listening out there and you want them, 713-780-3776. Also, if you're listening and you want in the Moneyline Leagues, go ahead and call now. And uh, like I said, we'll take them. We have we have five contestants already. We have your names down, and uh, we're, we're looking to get out to at least, what, 30, 36, depending yeah. on how if we do 10 or 12-man leagues. But uh, women welcome as well. We had one women champion last year. If you have a kid, we had a we have one guy that drove all the way from Louisiana. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. So if you're listening out there as well, make sure you make it out this year. I know last year we uh, it was kind of last minute to set it up, so we didn't actually do we did a we showed up but we did it on computers. Yeah. I want to do the full out board this year, at least one of the so one of the one of the drafts, full out board with the with the stickers and everything. So yeah. if you're listening out there and you want part you want to you want a part of a we try to do it like a brotherhood you know what I mean we make it fun we made a lot of smack talking last year we had a tricky Nick calling in smack talking we did we, we had a lot of people going off my wife called and asked you for <laughs> advice because I wouldn't give it to her uh, tip number four if you have a wife that plays fantasy football don't give her no tips because <laughs> if you if you do good then you were supposed to right you, yep. you Jerry you play if you do bad then you, the whole day's ruined your Sunday's yeah. ruined she's looking at you like I knew I should have started him and you're like well, why didn't you start and why did yep. you even bring up this conversation for me so if you're out there and you're in a fantasy football uh, marriage be careful be careful what you do just tell them to listen to our show right Jerry and I will take the heat if the pick doesn't go right with the fantasy football stuff, just tell her to listen to Moneyline, and then then you don't look bad if you don't have to tell her which person to pay uh, to play, and then you can't ever be wrong. You guys won't get in an argument about it. You can say, "Hey, that that's Josh's fault. He, he got that pick wrong this week." I deviated to Josh. Said, "Hey, call Josh," or I didn't even say call. She just say. I'm not messing with you because like yeah. I always tell her, she, hey, who do I start as I'm getting dressed for the show? I just hit her with the 713-780-3776. Someone else who's having bad luck, Daniel Jones. An uh, initial rating on Madden of 63? Whew. Man, that's bad. That's real bad. But you ask yourself, okay, well, give me a measure, Jerry. Like, what's a 63? I'm not a Madden guy. Well, that puts him behind Tyree Jackson, the Buffalo Bills quarterback. You ask yourself, who? <laughs> exactly. Tyree Jackson, the Buffalo Bills quarterback, is a 64 who was undrafted. <laughs> Daniel Jones, the sixth overall pick, 63. And you see him. He's already getting booed. He hadn't even thrown a pass yet. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> and then other quarterbacks, just for a measure, Kyler Murray, 73. Dwayne Haskins, 72. Man. Yeah, he's. It'll be interesting to see at what point this year if he gets in. You know, if Eli gets benched, I'm I'm really curious to see what happens there because they got a lot of good skill players and their offensive line is going to be a lot better this year too. So, you know, I know Adele Beckham's not there anymore, but they still got some dudes. And uh, here, real quickly, we got Richard. He's got Richard. a 100 rating on his fantasy football uh, life. So, Richard, you want to talk fantasy football? I know you won in the league. Tell us why you could win this league. Oh, uh, I got the win just because uh, I picked better than everybody. 
There, hey, that's all you got to say. That's all we need. He picks better than everyone. Richard, we're going to put you on hold when we uh, when we leave you here. So give uh, give our producer your uh, phone number. your phone number, please. Yeah. And uh, we're going to get you in the league and email as well, please. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll reach back out to you and uh, you're in the league. So keep listening to us the next few weeks and we're going to start announcing different drafts depending on what side of town you're on. I'll reach out to you and I'll see what side of town you're on because we're going to try to uh, organize them by ta- uh, by by. Uh, areas of the city yep no doubt thanks for calling richard we'll get you in there bud and yeah that's the other thing too we'll have a few drafts at a few different places and so maybe it's not on your side of town but that day you can actually make it you know what i mean so you'll have some different dates where you can do it so you'll have a little flexibility and then like jerry said we'll we'll do a few around town so you know you won't have to drive that far and then we'll have our central one also somewhere near the downtown area hope maybe st arnold's again it was fantastic yeah, there. st arnold's was great man we filled up a bunch of those picnic tables out there and man just drank some great beer fun fantasy draft so we're going to do that again i think we're going to do one out in my neck of the woods i'm kind of northwest side of town i think we're going to do that at stats sports bar which great place i go there all the time so we'll do one out there and i usually do my my league with all my buddies there as well so i'll probably do a couple so hey if you're out over there come say hello also if you uh if we see you at oh we might be filled up by then but if we see you at the appreciate listener appreciation party we might have a, a few spots for you then as well one spot that some people need to say that needs to be filled is by Peyton Manning, and they say he needs to be in that Monday night football role. I agree. That would be fantastic. Do you agree with the reason that he turned it down? Because it's interesting that he doesn't want to be in there for reasons that because uh, his brother's still playing or his right. teammates that are still in the league. He doesn't want to be biased or be any uh, criticism of them. He's real careful with that. Does that make sense to you? It does, but you're still the one making the comments, right? So you don't have to bury the guy if he makes a, a poor throw. You know, you, you just say, yeah, he just, you know, he didn't have a good feel for that one or he didn't see that guy there that picked it off. You don't have to kill the guy. So I think he could, you know, kind of tiptoe around it. You know what I mean? Like, like call it like you see it, but just kind of, you know, don't go overboard. I don't think it's that big a deal. And as somebody that I know you've probably noticed this too, Jerry, like Monday Night Football now is usually terrible. You know, it's usually the, the worst matchups of the week. Booger. Yeah, and the, the, the broadcast team, I'm not a fan. So not only do you have a matchup that you probably don't care about, you know, like Redskins, Cardinals, or something like that, and then you have a bad broadcasting team, it's not fun to watch. Like, Sunday night football is so much better. Sunday night football is, that's the game of the week, man. And I feel like if you had Peyton Manning on Monday night football, I would just want to... I would want to hear him call the game. I mean, think how much, at least me personally, I love Tony Romo in the broadcast booth. I love the fact that he's going to tell you what play is going to happen before it happens, and he does it a lot. What do you think Peyton Manning would do? He'd be able to be just as good at that. Plus the dad jokes. Yeah, plus the dad jokes. Plus the dad jokes, and that's where... That's where I would love to see him. But, again, it makes sense. There's a source that said if he ever decides to do the Monday Night Football, something he does want to do, but it's going to be after Eli has finished his career and he gets a little bit further from the era of playing and maybe some of his teammates have moved on too. It would have been a tough position for him this season with the Giants and Broncos being on the schedule. There's a lot of loyalty there for him. And I don't think he'd ever want to be in that position where he's conflicting about his analysis. See, and, I mean, Romo's done it. He's, you know, he's called plenty of Cowboys games, I, I would imagine. So, I don't think it's that big a deal. They know you have a job to do, and if if they make a bad play, they know they made a bad play, and they have to answer all those questions after the game anyway. I think it's a matter of time. Yeah, yeah. but 
what does it matter? You're not even going to hear the criticism. You're playing in the game. You know what I mean? Like, you're not listening to the broadcast while you're out there throwing passes. So, and you're probably not going to go back and listen to the broadcast. So, I, I just don't see why it's that big a deal. Let's go over to the HRMP listener line. We have Jose. He wants to talk Westbrook and Harden. What's going on, Jose? You're on Moneyline. What's up, man? What's going on, everybody? Um, man, I just, I'm just, I'm just wondering, like, like the possibilities of, of of Russell Westbrook in Houston. Like, do we get rid of? Are, are we going to get rid of Chris Paul? I mean, what's going to, what's going to, what's going to happen with that? Like, what's the scenario? Let's look at it. What's the ceiling if you got those guys? Do you does that say does that say title to you? Let me ask you, Jose. Do you think bringing Westbrook in put you in a title contention? What does it? Does it? I think so. I think so. I mean, you got to think about you got to think about all the numbers that James Harden will put up and Russell Westbrook. The intensity that he just brings to the game. I mean, it's just it's just crazy. No, and, and that's why I wanted to get your take on it because usage rate, it's big. James Harden leads the league 39.6, Westbrook 30.1. So you'll have to find a way for these two to coincide with each other. And once you start taking the ball out of Westbrook's or, or Harden's hands to give it to Westbrook to where the play ultimately stops with him at many points. You know what I mean? He'll pull up for a bad jumper on many occasions and – how long will that go before it becomes a problem with Harden? How long does the can the ball be stopped in a D'Antonio offense? Uh, I don't know if it'll work. Honestly, again, I said it earlier on paper. When you put Westbrook with anyone, you're thinking, man, he brings. Yeah, I, I love everything as far as Westbrook, as far as what he brings as a player. It's just his his final product isn't what you wanted to be in, and you saw that and it's it's starting to make me wonder why players are so quick to be able to check out with him uh if there's not an ultimate saying hey if i just stick here we can win the title it made i thought about it as well too i said man what about a reunion westbrook harden let's figure this out somehow but at the end of the day does that bring you any closer to a championship than what you are now with the pieces you have i don't believe so but again uh does yeah, it bring you're right, you're right. But but don't get me wrong. Would it would it be fun? It would be a lot of fun, Jose. So I, I'm curious to see if Westbrook ends up anywhere. At this point, I think you're all in with the with the Rockets of where they stand. Um, you know, all these years we've gone and in, into the season, the the Rockets fan base have gone into the season thinking the Warriors. That's the team to beat. Okay, well, that, that that doesn't exist no more. And I'm not saying that doesn't exist in general, but they're not the powerhouse. So now that you have a, a bunch of big twos and a bunch of teams with debt. Hey, let the games begin. Let it roll out. Let's see what goes happen. Let's see what happens now. No doubt. I just, I, I don't know. I, I think putting anybody with Harden like Russell Westbrook, I don't know if that would work. You It'd be tough. I mean? And I said the same thing about Butler too. I don't think Butler was a lot of people because it's names. It's a lot of names that people know. People are like Butler, Westbrook. These are big time names, but they have to fit. The pieces have to fit. You can't just put three guys together, two guys together, and say this is going to work, and with no role players at that. So, uh, and I know they've played together before, but you know James Harden's a different dude now. You know he he wasn't a top three, top five player. And he was the, the six man. Then. Yeah. it's a whole different ball game right. again, and a whole different time in the careers. Uh, it's just a whole. The, again, it comes to down Rocket fans saying, "Man, 
I see George. He wasn't even in free agency. Like, why the hell? Why they can the Rockets make moves? It's it's our turn. What happened? Our turn came, gone, passed, and we're still sitting here with the same assets. Well, what happened was a big mistake was made last year, and you can't correct mistakes that you make when you give these big contracts that quick. Like, uh, you know what? We made a mistake. I'm a successful a successful businessman and everything else I do. You know what? We're going to... It doesn't work that way. No. As much as you want to, it doesn't work that way. So at one point, you got to say, hey, let's ride on this mistake and let's see if we could correct it. Hey, the Warriors aren't the powerhouse that they were. The Hey, the NBA is open as much as it ever could or can be. Let's just rock this. Let's see what we have. Let's... Whether there was beef or not, hey... There's beef in every locker room. Sure. Yeah, it was there. I didn't like that they lied about it. That's not the the most uh, appeasing thing to to a free agent saying, "Hey, I'm going to go over there to I'm going to go join the Rockets. They're fighting." So at one point you got to put a stop to it like, "Hey, what are we doing here? We're not you're not going anywhere, Chris. Make the best of it." That's Make the best do. of it, James. Let's do, do we're not doing us any favors. No one's going to come here like this. Let's just leave this alone and at the end of the day, they're men and they're like, "Hey, we just both want to win. Let's leave it like that." So, at the end of the day, that's we we got what we got on the table and let's just pray for the best. You're listening to Money Line on ESPN 975. Twitter. Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline975. I'm about to lose my mind. You've been gone for so long. I'm running out of time. I need a doctor. Call me a doctor. I need a doctor, doctor to bring me back to You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline, where your bookie is going to need a doctor. The countdown is on, and we are in injury time. USA Women's are about to take down the World Cup. Much congratulations to these girls. Hey, let's get this third right now. But let's get over to the HRMP listener line quick because we have a faithful listener, Tricky Nick. Yeah. He was in the Fantasy Football Leagues last year. He was one of our big smack talkers, and we're glad to have him back again. What's going on, Nick? You're on Moneyline. Hey, what's going on, gentlemen? Uh, this time's not really just smack talk, really. It's all about the love. I just wanted to call in and let you guys know, man, y'all are killing it this year. I mean, from everything, from the transitions to the bets. I mean, I was on... I was on the couch last night, and I hear Jerry saying, man, I think that Jorge guy is going to come in with a flying knee and break that UFC record, and bam! Nah, that didn't happen, but, but seriously, man, y'all y'all are killing it. Uh, man, this is my favorite show. I can't wait for it every week. I'm taking this all the way to the top, Mr. Gal himself. I need more money line. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks, Appreciate Nick. the call, Nick. Appreciate the love. Yeah, he's been a he's been a loyal listener this whole time. He was also a sponsor at one time to the show yeah. uh, for Sky Wonder Pyrotechnics. Shout out to them guys. Yeah, check them out for sure for all your for all your fire and safety needs as well. But yeah, again, we're gonna have a wild league. You'll have guys like Nick Con in every week. If you're, if you're about that, if you want those leagues, because. I like leagues where it's interactive, where yeah. the, chat, the chat room's going, and, and that's what we try to do here. Call in on Sundays. Hey, I got something for you. I remember they were calling you out every week, Josh. Yeah. Like, I'm going to get you in this and that. And <laughs> yeah. So we're, we're, we're excited to, to get things going for sure. And as far as that knockout, before we get out of here, we only got a few minutes, and I want to I wanna just – I don't know if anybody saw that Masvidal 
Ben Askren fight last night, but there were the lead up to it. That's what made it so fantastic because there was a lot of smack talk in there. There was a lot of bad blood. Um, ben Askren is not very uh, loved by the people. He's a he, he's a he's a cocky guy. He's a he's I, I don't like him one bit. <laughs> and uh, Masvidal went out there and it sounded a little bit like this. And these guys just flapping gums at each other. Any chance they get. The fight clock is brought to you by Mogao. It's insane what he did. What you heard there was the beginning of the fight. You hear, you hear, all right, let's get it on. He was leaning back with a smile on his face that, like, it's about to go down. He leaned back, put his arms behind his back. And out of nowhere, he goes into a full sprint, meets him in the middle of the ring, and throws a flying knee. Bam, connects. Next thing you know, Askren's on the ground asleep. It went so fast that by the time Masvidal hit to the ground, he runs and hits him twice. Boom, boom, two times solid. The referee gets on, saves his life. Askren's on the ground. Masvidal goes and crawls next to him and starts talking to him while he's asleep. <laughs> while he's asleep, he talks to him. It's I don't know how much UFC guy, uh, you guys have watched, but in my eyes, that is the greatest knockout of all time. The way it happened, the buildup to it, and just uh, he went out there. I mean, he... It might have been three or four steps, full sprint, boom, 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 bow, just flying knee. See ya. Oh, man. Now, I, I saw the highlight a little bit earlier, and the, the Holly Holm fight, too, was pretty interesting. She got knocked out. Holly Holm got Holly Holm, and it yeah. sounded a little bit like this. Nice body kick and a big rush for Nunez. Oh, Nunez was. Oh! No, you did not just hit your curb. That was the sound of a kick to the head by Amanda Nunes on Holly Holm. And why I said Holly Holm got Holly Holm because that's the way that she beat Ronda Rousey. So in a wonderful night of fights that lived up to the hype, I loved it. This card was had so much firepower on it and. Those are just two things that stuck out right there, and just Amanda Nunes is on another level. Oh, man. After she hit her with that kick, she was on top of her. Bang, bang! It's, you know, and then the ref had to jump in. It was it was impressive. And then in the main event, John Bones Jones went on to win by decision. Um, a good fight. Uh, longer than I expected. I had people on the under, unfortunately, but... Uh, it's just a wonderful night to you see. I just we had to get to those knockouts because that Masvidal knockout will be remembered forever. And people that don't know Masvidal, if you have time today, go back on YouTube and type in when he would be street fighting. Um, you know, he used to be on the undercards of Kimbo fights. I've I've seen him for years. Um, uh, he 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 used to fight on undercards against way bigger people, and I always thought that guy he he looked like a little rabbit punch, like pop 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 fast. But as he grew into the to, to the UFC and and he became a a fighter, a, a mixed martial artist, the sky's the limit for that guy. I, mean, I can't wait to see what he has going, and he, he talks a big game but walks it. With the uh, the John Jones fight, I saw some people saying that they didn't think he should have won the decision. What did you think? 
it, it's hard to take it. You know how they say if you're going to take it from the champ, beat him. The other guy, nobody expected uh, Santos to do to hang the way he did, and Santos fought with a messed up knee. They're thinking that he uh, he tore his 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 knee during that fight, and he it kept going out on him. Starting like the third round, he couldn't even put pressure on it. So and he, but he was still kicking with it. It was so ridiculous. He was throwing wild kicks, but when he put pressure on it, it would give out. He so, should have gone with the the crane technique from Karate Kid. <laughs> that always it, it works. always works. I've tried to pull. Next week we'll talk about the street fight that I tried to pull that out on, and I got my butt whooped. But as for now, I don't have no more time. But we have a lot of money. USA is celebrating on field right now. Celebrated America. This is your time. They did it. I love these girls. Like, I hope you love this show. I'm signing off for the squad. Signing off for Andrew Carlson. Signing off for Josh Jordan and your boy Jerry Bow Knows with a Z. Peace. Years of research and innovation. Innovation Map is the new voice of innovation in Houston. Pretty cool, huh, Morty? Covering startups, tech, energy, health, social impact, and more. Visit innovationmap.com today. Do it now! Do it! Do it! Do it now!